Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Welcome to the My Little Eater podcast. We are here today with one of my favorite people. Her name is Caitlin Feltham. She is an up and coming dietitian. And what's even cooler is she has been working with me at My Little Eater for I want to say two years now, we can probably confirm the date if we look back at the calendar, but Caitlin had started with a vol- as a volunteer with me. Um, she did amazing. She just delved right in and just fell right into the My Little Eater family so well. And then she started interning with me and she's been with me now for six months as an intern. Um, so it's super cool to be able to have her on the podcast and uh, to have her talk with us about gardening with toddlers and preschoolers because she has, I will tell you, the most beautiful plot of land on her home. And she is literally my inspiration for gardening since she actually does it and I don't. (laughs) So we're going to start with baby steps over here. I'm going to learn some tips and tricks. And I hope you guys do too, because as you will find out uh, throughout this podcast, gardening is one of the best ways that you can get your toddler to start to take an interest in veggies and loving veggies and overcome some picky eating traits. So Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and share some tips and my experience with everyone. I'm so happy you're here too. Um, So I'm wondering if you can start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey into motherhood so far. So as you mentioned, I'm currently in my last year of my dietetics program at the Mount here in Halifax. I'm completing my last internship in the summer and I'm currently in my second with with you. I'm doing my admin. It's very exciting and I've been loving it so far. Um, I knew I wanted to be a dietitian when I started discovering how important food was to me um, and how much it played a part in my everyday life and just how much better I felt making healthier choices, not only for myself, um, but for my family. So everyone in my family has been really benefiting from the education I've been um, getting. And it's just been it's really at the core of who I am. Um, I really love food and everything about that. Um, outside of school, I love being a mom and a wife. A family means everything to me. We do everything together. I love hiking and doing just about anything I can outside. Um, I'm really excited because summer's coming and my whole family is just outside and we're hiking and we're getting our garden ready um, and just doing anything we can. So that's kind of who I am. I found out I was pregnant with my son Asher in 2014 in my second year of my degree. Um, And I took a couple years off just to kind of adjust to motherhood because I did have a little bit of nervousness with going back to school and being a new mom. Um, And it was really, really a blessing to be able to be home with him and see his first two years. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. 
Amazing. I love it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your son, Asher, and how the feeding journey has been with him? Um, I know he has started to show some signs of pickiness, but I'm wondering if you can kind of walk us through just how feeding has been has been with him and what your experience has been. So yeah, we've definitely had our share of picky eating in our household. And honestly, he's five and a half now and we still do, um, but it's much less worse. This is something I've learned that is continuous work from, from being your intern and volunteering. Um, some days are fantastic and some just suck. They just aren't fantastic. Um, and I feel like our situation is very similar to a lot of the clients' experiences I've noticed in my time through um, working at My Little Eater. So when we started Solids with Asher, everything was great. Um, we were in that honeymoon phase as you um, refer to. He basically ate anything we offered him. There was no hesitation. He was a big eater. Um, and I was actually home and I was able to make all of his meals and cook everything. And I took the variety, offering variety very seriously and the iron and all the other nutrient dense foods that I could think of, he was given. Um, I started noticing pickiness right around probably 14 months and it was really bad then. He became selective, his favorite foods he just would not eat. Um, he ended up throwing the food off, off of his plate, off of his high chair. He just did not want to be at the table. Anything I could try and do or just try and coerce him to eat just wasn't working. And, and mind you, this was before I knew, you know, the forms of pressure and all that. Um, everything just started to snowball and it just got worse. The older he got, he was more able to express his words. And then it was just more or less refusing all meals and just kind of resorting to those typical kid snack foods like yogurt pouches and goldfish and those beloved puffs that all toddlers love. I mean, if I'm being honest here, even though I was studying nutrition, I knew nothing about infant nutrition. We're not really taught much about it, um, except maybe a week's worth and one course of our whole five years there. Um, and even if you are taught about it in, in our program, it's not more about the behavioral. It's more about start solids at six months, offer nutrient-dense food, make sure there's iron. But it wasn't really how to serve anything, which is the area that I was struggling with. And we, again, still struggle with it. So in the long run, I just couldn't make him eat anything. Um, and I mean, I'll also add too, I became a mom before I knew about you. So all these tips and tricks that you're providing to your clients, I wish I had back then because it would have been a godsend. And I'm sure picky eating would have been nipped right in the butt before we, before it got way worse. Um, and then to make matters worse for us, he has been on the small side his entire life. I was constantly hearing comments about he's under his percentile in weight. He's underweight, um, you know, give him, give him some fattening food, make him gain some weight. Like I wasn't already trying to do that. So it just made it really hard. We ended up going to a feeding clinic and seeking some um, professional help from a feeding clinic on that, but it didn't really help because they didn't tackle the behaviorals, uh, his behavior issues at mealtime. So they, again, they just kind of taught us what to feed him, but I already knew that. So it wasn't really helping. Um, we just kept pushing through and things did get better as he got older. Um, and I did kind of learn how to tackle his behaviors a bit, uh, especially when he started daycare. So that was kind of when we saw picky eating go down a little bit, but it wasn't where I wanted it to be. And it probably still isn't, but it's, it's getting better. Um, and then when I started volunteering with you, I really learned a lot. Um, and that's when I started to 
not only know what to feed, but how to feed and how to handle mealtimes better. So he's currently five and a half and he does still struggle with some foods. I won't lie. He's always struggled with being introduced to unfamiliar foods, especially vegetables and meat. So he's much more of an adventurous eater now, and at least will try new foods. Um, but meat has always been, always had to be breaded or have some sort of coating on it or some sort of dip like ketchup or barbecue sauce. Um, and the vegetables, you know, they were always a struggle. I mean, vegetables aren't that pleasant most times, but for him, it was just constant fighting. I don't want it on my plate. I don't want it on the table. I don't want to see it. It's yucky. I don't even want to try it. So that was our struggle. And honestly, now that we've started gardening, it's helped a lot with, with that, which we'll dive into. Um, but before he just had no interest in vegetables at all. And now it's amazing the changes he's made for us. Oh my gosh. I love that. And can I just say that your story is my story? Like I, and I'm sure there's a ton of other dietetic <laughs> students and dietitians out there who also feel like, you know, we learn so much in our program, but we really don't learn the how of, of like how to feed toddlers, how to feed babies, which is like what you said. And so the struggle is still there. People like it is still just as hard for us. I think just in general being parents and having to deal with the behaviors and the challenges and the stress and the worry, it is, um, you know, one of those things that definitely unites us all. I think that we're not above it. I just want to let everyone know it is not that much easier for us at all. But I love to hear how, um, you know, you got the garden going and, and how that started to transform things a little bit for Asher, especially in the realm of veggies, you know, learning to like veggies, you know, you, as you know, Caitlin, as many of my longtime listeners might know, we do look to food play. We do look to food interaction um, and just general positive experiences with different types of food as a strategy to get our child to um, be more interested and actually, you know, taste food and like food and specifically with vegetables. I mean, I feel like gardening is a really great way to do this, but that being said, you know, I'm going to let you kind of talk a little bit about the changes that you started to see and how it, how it all worked for you. But I just want to say for everybody listening again, I know nothing about gardening. So I definitely want to get into also the nitty gritties of like, how do I even start this um, for anybody else who doesn't have a garden out there and also doesn't really know like what is even the first step. I'm hoping Caitlin, you can shed light on all of that for us. So That's let's just, um, yeah, thank you. So let's start from the beginning with like, Tell us when gardening became a part of your life and uh, what you started noticing with Asher. So uh, we started our garden about three years ago. And what really inspired me was I did a research project in one of my nutrition courses on, and we just kind of learned about how vegetable garden exposure helps kids increase their vegetable intake. And I was sold. Like, I was like, oh yeah, this is really convenient for us to try. We have all this land. I love being outside. Let's give it a go. Um, plus another thing I'm super passionate about is supporting local when I can. So I'm fortunate enough to live near lots of farmers markets and local farmers. One of my favorite things to do on the weekend is to drive, um, down to the Valley here in Nova Scotia and just source all the produce that I need for the week from the farmers markets. So when I started doing that and comparing the quality of the vegetables to say something from Costco, you can clearly tell the flavor quality is much better. Um, and this really inspired me to kind of take the leap and start sourcing my own vegetables for our family. So we currently grow our garden as a family from start to finish. We've 
you know, we've all been part of growing the garden. We built raised gardens bed. We started um, with a 12 foot by 12 foot garden box, um, which we actually just doubled this year because we just weren't making enough to maintain what we wanted all summer. Um, we also made sure Asher was just involved in every part of it. So that's made a big difference. He loves planting the seeds. He really loves to watch them grow, which I think is one of his favorite parts. And then he's equally probably excited about harvesting all the veggies when they're ready. I mean, we're talking about a kid who despised the existence of spinach. And he went from absolutely not wanting anything to do with it to going out and picking it fresh from our garden and eating it without being prompted or asked to um, without any hesitation at all. Now he just eats it like a, like a salad. I'm actually amazed with how it just happened. And I never even had a try. Same with beets. He absolutely used to hate them. Couldn't even put them on the table without him making a disgusted face. Now he eats more beets than I do every summer. Beets are one of his favorite vegetables that we grow. Um, and surprisingly, I see a huge decrease in how much beets he eats during the winter because they're not ours and they definitely don't taste the same. They're much more bitter when they're not freshly harvested. And that's just a couple of the veggies he likes now. Um, he also has become more familiar with all the different veggies, which I think plays a huge part in him being able to uh, decrease the nervousness of trying new food. So that was one of his most biggest things about his picky eating was that he just didn't want to try new foods. He was so unsure. Um, and now that he's become more familiar with the names and what they look like and the textures and, and how they grow, it's really over helped him overcome this fear. Um, and honestly, he's tried everything we've grown in our garden, which is amazing. We've grown probably 15 different types of vegetables over the past three years, and he's tried everything. So it's wow. been a godsend. Um, and I also feel a sense of pride knowing I grow a large amount of our vegetables when I can. And I also feel like he shares this pride and excitement with me. So it's really great. I agree. I think that is probably one of the biggest parts of it, because we know that kids who are even just in the kitchen, let alone being in a garden, I mean, they feel pride over what they're doing. They're, they're hands on. They feel like they produce something like they, um, you know, had a had a part to play a role to play in it. And so when it finally shows up on the table, it's like, look what I did, look what I made, look what I grew, you know, if it was in a garden, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. And so I'm going to ask you a question that I'm sure a lot of us are thinking, um, did you have to convince him in the beginning to go out in the garden and like, see what you were doing and learn how to do all the things, or did he just take an interest by seeing you doing it? Or like, how did that whole process work? He didn't really put up a fight at all. And I honestly think it's because a, he got to play in the dirt a lot because as soon as we started our garden where we had a raised garden bed, we had to haul a lot of soil. So that was more of, you know, a fun activity for him to kind of get him into the mood with gardening. So he helped spread all the manure and all the soil and fertilize and everything. Um, and then just getting him involved in, and everything else helped along there. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to dive into kind of what, sort of things that I let him do that got him involved in gardening. Yeah, that'd be really helpful. Okay. So I found Asher had a better connection with food when I, you know, got him involved with the soil and explained to him where things grow. And he was old enough, I think, to kind of understand. And now that he's older, he definitely takes pride in, you know, growing everything. And I always make sure I include him as a part of the experience. Um, he's helped us with the soil he also helps us make 
the mounds when you put the when you put strips down the garden like the rows of the garden I've let him build that um, which again the mud the dirt was all fun but one of his favorite parts is going along the rows and poking holes with his fingers so that the seeds can pop down in Um, and as he got older I honestly let him do most of this independently because he knows now Uh, the only thing I really help him with is kind of giving him the guidance on how far the plants should be spaced out so they have enough room to grow But other than planting the seeds, he can help tend to the garden, daily maintenance. Um, I've got him little toddler tools that he can use, like little shovels and spades um, and rakes. And he also has his own watering can. (laughs) So every morning we'll go out and water the garden when it's ready. Um, It's currently not ready yet. So it's just kind of, it's too early now in in Nova Scotia because it's too cold. But this past weekend, he helped me plant all the seeds. So we have, and I'm trying to remember everything we have. We have broccoli, two types of tomatoes, squash, pumpkins, spinach. No, not spinach. That goes outside. So this is just what we have inside currently. Um, Beans, peas. And I know there's another one I'm forgetting, but we have quite a few. Um, So we have a lot of seedlings growing now. And then depending later on in the season, the other stuff will go outside right into the garden. So I'll explain kind of my process on how we plant our garden after. But other things I get them to help with would be um, weeding the garden, which isn't doesn't sound as fun. But again, he gets to play in the dirt. He doesn't mind. As long as he's outside, he's happy doing really anything. So the garden was a win-win for us. Um, and then once stuff is ready, he loves harvesting all the vegetables. So he's old enough now to understand not to pull out the whole plant. So he'll just go out and say, pull off a cucumber. So I'm always like, go find the biggest cucumbers you can and pull Mm -hmm. them off, bring them in. Um, And then he really also loves when our garden gets going a lot, we get a lot of different vegetables. So um, say one night we want to have beets for supper. We can literally just go out. I'll send him out and he'll pull some beets from our garden. So with a toddler, that's a little bit more difficult, but it's, kind of a bonding activity you guys you can do as parents is to go out and say let's pull some beets for supper and then we'll take them in and wash them which is my next activity which I get them to do all the time um, is to actually wash the vegetables so I feel like this was a really big one for him and getting him used to kind of the texture getting him exposed to what the vegetables feel like and just getting more familiar with what they look like when they're clean Um, And he also does help me prep some of the vegetables now that he's older. But before I would just kind of set him up in the sink and give him uh, a strainer and he would just use a little vegetable scrub and a vegetable brush, sorry, and kind of clean all the vegetables off and then put them in the strainer. Um, And then I would help him get them ready for supper. So he's been doing really well with that. And he's already excited for our next stage of our garden. Okay. I love that. All right. So I think what you said in the beginning, when I, when you even just said, you know, it's fun for him, like as long as he's outside and he can just get in the dirt and play around, like that's a fun experience. And I think that's such a key factor to all this is that it really is about making it positive. And it's not about, I mean, we think about our kids seeing vegetables at the table, And usually it's like, well, you know, you have to eat this or it's time to eat or sit down and sit straight and sit quietly and (laughs) chew your food and all these commands and all these requests and all these like, um, I'm not saying it's always negative, but sometimes it just feels a little bit like daunting or pressuring or just too focused on eating. Right. And then I think what's happening is that with gardening, 
again, much like it would be just even getting in the kitchen, but this is even more fun for kids is when you're in the garden, actually getting dirty and getting, you know, and and this is just a big fun game to you. You're not thinking about any of the like requests. You're not thinking, oh, my parents are going to make me want to eat this. Or we're not talking about like, look at how healthy this is. This, you know, this is going to be so good for you if you eat this. <laughs> really what's instead happening is it's just like, this is playtime. And, and I'm, and the child is developing this genuine interest in you know, the vegetables, because again, they're, they're learning how to grow it. So it's like a science experiment. It's like all the stuff put in one. So I think it's super cool. Um, what I want to ask you is again, because I am such like, I literally have no idea how to even start a garden. I don't know what the first step is. And I've been saying to my husband every single year, I want to start a garden. I want to start a garden, but I think it just seems very daunting to me and intimidating. I don't know the first step to take. And I'm also scared of like how much time it's going to take all that. So I'm wondering, can you just give us like, what would be the best place to start if you want to, if you want to start something like you mentioned, you have a lot of seeds growing inside. Like, is that a possibility that you can even just grow things indoors in like pots or whatever? (laughs) Or do you have to like transfer them outside or kind of like maybe give us a little bit of a walkthrough? What would be the easiest thing to do for someone who's totally new at this? So currently the seeds that we have are meant to go outside because a lot of this stuff takes up a lot of space. Um, There is some sort of, some vegetables you can grow inside. Like you can grow greens. Like I know you can grow lettuce. I don't actually grow anything inside. I always transplant it outside, but I know that you can do um, romaine and kale, um, all those things that don't take up a lot of space. You can definitely do inside. Um, You could look into like the hydroponic, um, planters you can get say at garden centers and stuff. If you want to keep it inside, you just have to take into consideration the amount of sunlight that the plants will need if they're inside and they're not getting it, um, from outside. So if there's not enough sun or, um, like a plant like that you have set up, they won't grow. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, the seeds that we do, we start them in inside probably six to eight weeks before the last frost. So here in Nova Scotia, typically, I would say probably middle of May is when I have all of our seeds transplanted outside. So I start them in here. We just started all of ours on on Easter Monday and some of them are actually already starting to grow. So what I do is I just line them up on windowsills so they get all the light. Um, I water them every morning and they grow fairly fast and fairly well. I just make sure I use good vegetable soil for in here as well as in my garden. And then once I see that the frost is decreasing and that that risk of frost is is gone um, and the plants in here are seeming stronger, I'll kind of harden them up for outside. So I take all the pots outside and set them out for a certain period during the day so they get used to the temperature change. Then I bring them back in and do that until I feel like it's it's okay because a lot of the times what happens with us is we'll get excited and we'll plant them out, but then they die because they're not ready to kind of move out. (laughs) They're just still little babies. But one of the most important things I can say, if you do want to start a garden is to research, 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 know what you want to plant because every plant is different. For example, spinach and broccoli is okay in the cold. So as soon as my soil and my garden can be tilled and worked and, and mixed up, I can plant my spinach I can put some broccoli out there because it it does better in cold weather. It actually doesn't like hot summer weather. Um, it will make the plants bloom and then you don't get as much vegetables from them when they go into bloom. Um, but 
vegetables like tomatoes, uh, beans. I'm trying to think of the other ones that we have off the top of our head. Most of the ones that I grow inside are very, very uh, sensitive to frost. Mm-hmm. So the, the peas are also sensitive. Typically when you buy um, packs of seeds, it will actually tell you on the back, um, start inside six to eight weeks before last frost or, or whatever is, is recommended. So it's actually easy to do that but you need to kind of plan months in advance. So when I'm planning our garden, I'm planning at the end of February or March, kind of to figure out when I need to plant the seedlings, um, when I should till my soil, just kind of get everything ready so that I don't fall behind because things need to be planted at a certain time. Um, And that kind of leads into my next point. So you need to be aware of what kind of weather you have and where, where you live and make sure that you're planning according to that. You need to figure out um, what plants grow best in what weather. So like I said, here in spring, I always plant some of the, the um, vegetables that do better in cold weather so that I can actually get a second crop in the fall because spinach and broccoli, you can actually replant in the fall and get more um, mm-hmm. because we love spinach a lot and it goes so fast because I have to eat it all when it grows. Um, and then I can also grow the second batch or freezer or whatever. And then Honestly, the next, which is probably the most important thing for proper vegetable growth is the soil. So I'm still learning a lot about the soil. Um, It's kind of a science. I mean, you really have to do research to figure out what kind of soil you need for where you live. So we chose to do a raised garden bed where we live, for example, because our soil quality is poor. So what I mean by a raised garden bed uh, is we built like a garden box off the ground. It's kind of like a a planter box. Um, And ours is probably 12 inches off the ground, I think, but you can go higher depending on what you want to plant. Now, if you're doing a traditional garden and you have good soil, that's totally fine. You just need to take the sod off, the grass um, and all the weeds and everything so that the soil underneath is exposed. And then you just kind of put manure over it. Probably two or three inches is fine um, as long as it kind of feeds the roots of the plants and it has good ability to kind of wash the water and the nutrients down and whatnot. Um, But where we had really sandy soil, we wanted to be able to control the quality of our soil better. Um, So right now we do 60% topsoil and I'm sorry, this is really technical, but it's really important for for good um, vegetable growth. So we do 60% topsoil, 35% compost or manure, um, and then like probably 10% peat moss. So that kind of helps with that water diffusion down through the soil. And you can get any of this at any garden center, really, like Home Depot. I'm not really familiar with ones in the States, but Lowe's or or Rona or anywhere. And then what we do is we just dump a little bit of each, mix it in, probably about four inches worth, till it in so it's mixed well. And then we just keep doing that until our garden bed's full. So this year where we expanded, we have to redo all that again. So I was actually kind of researching this again from the past two years. I kind of forgot Um, so it was, it was a learning experience for me this summer as well. And I kind of want to make our soil even better this year. So it takes a lot of science, a lot of research, but when in doubt, try and find reputable sources online or even at your garden center, and they should be able to help you get started. Okay. That's very helpful. And I'm definitely going to put all that stuff in a blog post because I'm going to want to refer to it. I'm sure other people want to refer to it too. Like I, that's what I needed. It's like a step-by-step process for how to do it. So that's great. I'm wondering like how much time does it take uh, for you to tend to the garden and just kind of make sure all is well? Like, is it like an hour a day? Is it less? Is it more? I would say typically 
10 minutes a day, honestly. I mean, roughly 10 minutes a day, but on the weekends, I'll spend time weeding. So in the summer, the weeds get bad and I don't like them in my garden because they kind of interfere with the root systems of my plants. So I will do a little bit of extra time on the weekend, say an hour on average over the weekend, depending how bad it is. But um, you just go out in the morning and you water it. And then at night, if it needs to be watered, you water it again. And that's, that's really all I do. I'm not an expert by any means, but this has worked really well for us. And we've always been able to yield a really good crop every year. So I find getting the garden ready is probably the hardest part, just planting the seeds, um, tilling your soil, making sure the timing is right. Other than that, you just kind of benefit from it with all of the fresh produce you get. Okay. That's really good. 10 minutes a day is actually way better than I thought. So again, this is making me feel like, okay, I can do this. All right. My other question would be if I wanted to start really small, right? So I just wanted to grow like one or two things indoors without transferring them outdoors. Is there anything that you would recommend to start with or, or that would work inside? I would say probably leafy greens would be a good bet because you can grow like a head of lettuce is really, really small and spinach doesn't really need a lot of warmth or, or anything really. It grows kind of really well on its own. I honestly haven't grown much inside, but I do know that when I was looking into it, leafy greens were a really good option. You could also do like herbs and, and spices are really good because they virtually take up no room and they're actually quite decorative in your kitchen. I really like the look of fresh plants. And I know that you can also plant, say, a tomato plant or two, depending on how much room you have. So they do grow fairly large when they're full full size. But if you have a corner of a room or, or some sort of area where you can kind of separate them and give them sun, they'll grow really well. And they actually produce a lot of tomatoes. So you can have tomatoes for quite a while with those as well. Mm, okay. That's really great. Yeah. I think all this stuff is like really just making me feel like, okay, I'm going to try at least like, I do have a basil pot in my kitchen, which has, you're right. It's been so easy and it just kind of like, I'd barely water it. I'm not going to lie. I am. I do not have a green thumb and I'm not very good at it, but somehow even like after I picked all the leaves off, I thought it was just dead. Like after I used it, I used up all the, the basil leaves and then it just started regrowing. Like about a month ago, it just started regrowing on its own again. And I, I water it when I remember, but it's really, really probably not the way it's supposed to be. You know, I don't tend to it as much as I should, but it's still working. So that's a good, I guess, motivator again, to just start with something. And I think for us, like, even if we were to pick one vegetable, like even one small little thing that we could do, especially if our toddlers are struggling with it, it may be the place, you know, the, that turning point that, our toddler needs in order to at least start to look at it in a different way. Like we're not saying they're going to love the taste necessarily right away, but they will definitely want to, again, um, maybe put it on their plate or show people what they grew or touch it or talk about the properties or, you know, talk about how this one turned out more, you know, uh, red or ripe or plump or whatever than the other one, you know? So just getting them talking about the characteristics and, and comparing and contrasting and, and challenging them to, you know, make the, you know, I don't know, grow the best tomato or whatever, I think is so 
Good. And again, even that 10 minutes a day, it really is just like another activity for you guys to do together. Even if they're just running around in the backyard and doing their own thing and you're just doing it on your own some days, that's fine. Whereas other days they may want to come and join you. So again, that would be great. I know my son, Jonah, and I've told you this before, Caitlin, but uh, it's just really reminding me like when he was in preschool. So I think he was four, they actually grew a garden in the back of their preschool and they grew radishes. And that was the one vegetable that Jonah is still obsessed with up to this day. He is literally obsessed with radishes. And I remember I I pick him up from preschool and he'd have a whole pocket full of them. Like, like each pocket would be totally full, like radishes falling out and like the (laughs) teachers would be laughing because they're like we couldn't stop him like he kept trying to refill and he was like munching on them like apples it was just so funny and I remember that was when like that light bulb moment hit me that oh my gosh it's because they grew them it's because he literally you know had a hand in in growing these and you know that's why he loves them so much and he's come you know come to like he's he still has those fond memories of them and so he still loves them so Anyway, I think that this has been super helpful. I really encourage everybody to, like I said, pick something, maybe even if it's just spinach leaves, like we all know how many toddlers, you know, are not really loving the greens. (laughs) Oh, it's usually a problem vegetable. So maybe we just start there and just grow a little pot of spinach or lettuce or something like that in your kitchen and see how it goes. I'd love to hear everybody's experiences with it if you do try it and and uh, if your toddler takes to it I would love to hear about how that goes so Caitlin thank you so so much for all of your information and for your inspiration like I said I'm gonna jump right on this and uh, I'll take some pictures and post it to Instagram so that'll keep me accountable (laughs) (laughs) to starting a garden (laughs) gardening is so rewarding it sounds daunting um, but I promise you after the first season it will be so worth it. You'll be so excited. Your kids will be so excited. I mean, Asher's five and a half and he still loves it. So um, it's been a huge hit and we're just going to keep probably expanding our garden until it takes up our whole backyard. Who knows? But hey, (laughs) it's a great experience for kids. It's fun. It's a good family activity. I encourage everyone to give it a try if they can. And if they you know, if you're feeling scared, seek help from a garden center or just jump on Google. I mean, Google is what helped me start. And here I am three. This is my fourth summer actually going onto our garden. And I, I can't imagine spending summer any other way. So thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed sharing knowledge with everyone. Thank you so much, Caitlin.